1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. And good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise, brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group and occasionally brought to you by Lance Law, Inc. as well. Well, this morning we're going to ask the very important question, how much money do you think you're really going to spend in retirement? Do you think you'll spend less just because you're not going to be on the road as much? Do you think you're going to spend more because you have travel trips you want to take? Well, today we're going to try to answer that question because you really need to think about it. And good morning, Peter Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. So, Pete, uh, thank you for being with us this morning. Um, you're always a, a good, useful, steady voice. You've got some good ideas, even though I'm a little bit older than you. I think that's a compliment. Thanks. It is a compliment. I was trying to think <laughs> about how to say that properly. And also with us this morning is Attorney Michael Coleman from Lancelot Inc. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. Good to be here. Thank you. And Michael is a man of many years' experience. Uh, He's actually a pretty smart guy, ladies and gentlemen. He graduated from law school cum laude, which means really at the top of his class. It means you worked pretty hard, didn't it? Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah, three years. wasn't easy, but no, did it. But it's worth it in the end, isn't it? Yeah. So I think he, both, he gave us both compliments this morning. <laughs> well, you haven't heard the rest of the show yet. <laughs> Mike's well, a good guy, though. Mike is a good guy. Well, today we're going to talk about how much money you're really going to spend in retirement and what's the most important thing we have to do when we're thinking about retirement, Pete? To think about a budget. Budget, saving, saving. We've talked many times. We've been doing this radio show for six years now, uh, over six years, and we always say pay yourself first. Well, if I had to bet, I would assume that probably 5% of the people listening to our show right now have never have done a budget, and probably 95% have never done a budget. I find that when people come into my office. You know, it's one of the most important things you could do because you're going to be surprised at how much money you're going to spend in retirement. You might spend a little less on transportation because maybe you're not commuting to work, but you're going to have less income coming in. So we need to talk about having a budget. We do this with every single person that we meet with. We want to know before we make financial recommendations and a financial plan are you going to have enough money to live on in retirement? Budgets are a lot harder to do nowadays, uh, well, for the past 20 years or so, because of the use of debit cards. You know, back in the day, you could balance a checkbook and know exactly what's uh, going out and what's coming in, and you'd have a little bit of cash in your wallet. And since debit cards came into play, you know, 20, 30 years ago, uh, you know, it's much harder. You go and you spend that dollar ninety cup of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts, and you know it adds up, and you don't realize it unless you're really tracking your spending carefully. And so, if you're not tracking your spending, what you're doing is you're just looking at your bank account to see if you have money in your account before you go and spend something, right? And that's not really a budget. Nope. You know, I just read a really very interesting article. It was a little blurb in the Wall Street Journal, and. The European technology for things like credit cards and debit cards are very much ahead of where we are in the United States. I don't know why that's the case. You can now have a chip on a ring. You can have a little uh, device that's about the size of a coin, and you hold it in your hand. When you go to pay at checkout, like Dunkin' and Donuts, instead of putting a card in the machine, 
you just hold your fist up in the air and you wave it by a machine because you've got this coin hmm. that has your data on it and it automatically bills to your account. Well, that's the other thing is that there's so many different ways to pay for everything now. Um, you know, I've got an app for Cumberland Farms. You know, they just scan my phone. Um, I don't even have to scan anything when I pull up to a pump. I just enter what pump I'm at and my um, password for that app and the pump is automatically activated. Save 10 cents a gallon by doing that. Uh, but there's Samsung Pay, there's Apple Pay, there's PayPal. There, I mean, it just goes on and on and on how many different ways you can pay for things now. I don't use too many of those things because the minute you start doing that, it also gives them the right to send you all kinds of notices and ads and so forth, doesn't no, it? No, I don't get anything from them. You don't? No. Oh. No, then there's, you know, a lot of apps can be intrusive, but you just simply go to the, the settings and say, I don't want to receive notifications. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just going to mention that, too. Um, I go to... Dunkin' Donuts pretty much every morning, and I see people just waving their phones at the at the teller, paying with their phone. So again, that's a that's a way to just pay very quickly without having any real receipt, um, and you never know how much you're spending. Well, Michael, did you read that it's no longer going to be called Dunkin' Donuts? It's just Dunkin'. Just Dunkin'. Dunkin'. <laughs> As of the first of the year, it's just going to be called Dunkin'. Yeah. Well, with regards to what Mike's talking about and what I was just saying with Cumberland Farms, it's. Uh, it's also difficult because I have a 15-year-old son who likes to ride his bicycle with his friends, and he has the app on his phone. My wife let him put the app on his phone. Which which app? The Cumberland Farms app. Oh, no. So he'll go in and buy a big <laughs> Slurpee or whatever they're called now and uh, get all kinds of snacks and food on his phone. And I'll look at my bank account the next day and say, Nathan spent $10 yesterday on, at Cumberland Farms, and it's like every three or four days he does that. Yeah. Well, here's my tip for you today. Um, you have to have him work at a job where he's making some money or doing some things that he's working for you and making some money to uh, recover that. He does. Good. Well, you know, I'm going to give you my first quotation for the day from Mark Twain. Don't go around saying the world owes you a living. The world owes you nothing. It was here first. Hmm. But there are a lot of people that think the world owes them a living, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about retirement. We want to talk about retirement. What we like to create in our office at USA Wealth Group, and by the way, you can reach us at 508-998-8858, is we like to create an income plan. We have something called a financial navigator, and we want to make sure that when you go into retirement, we want to see your budget, we want to help you fill it out. What you're making before retirement is not going to be the same as what you're going to make after retirement. And I have people all the time that ask me, well, can I work part-time, and what happens if I work part-time, and, and will Social Security be still coming out of my pay if I work part-time? Yes, it will. So you could be retired collecting Social Security, and then you take a part-time job, and the employer is still required to take Social Security money out of your part-time check. And by the way, that will eventually increase the amount of the Social Security check that you're receiving. But you need to have an income plan. So one of the things that we're happy to help you with in the office is a retirement plan. If anyone, go ahead. I was just going to say step one of, the, of that plan is goals. What goals do you have for you and your family um, You know, with regards to your retirement? What would you like your retirement to look like? Um, you mentioned at the top that uh, some people really want to travel. Other people want to maybe start pursuing their hobbies uh, that they haven't had a 
a chance to do. I know I have a lot of hobbies I'm waiting for uh, to have time for. Um, but you need to have goals, and they should be short-term, medium-term, medium and long-term goals. And the short-term goals should definitely be attainable, uh, so that way you're not frustrated if you can't you know, reach those goals. Um, I have very specific goals for how much I want to have saved by the time I'm 50, and by the time that I'm 60, and by the time that I'm 70. And the most important thing about goals is that they have to be in writing. They have to be specific. Uh, they have to be reachable, attainable. They have to be written down. And if you don't write it down, then it's not really a goal. It's just a wish. Right. Yeah. And I just actually met with someone yesterday who retired early. He retired when I think he was 54. He didn't plan on it, but mm -hmm. for you know circumstances were that he had to retire at that time. Now it's been about 10 years since he retired, and now he's thinking going back to work part-time because he's just not able to really pay everything, and money isn't lasting as long as he thought it would. Well, let's talk about that particular question for a minute. I have uh, uh, a client's uh, husband and wife on the South Shore area over near Plymouth, and they've been able to save a great deal because uh, one of the spouses had a very good paying job, and they have a very large IRA retirement account. But um, they're both still working. They have different occupations. And the wife in particular said, I really don't know what I will do in retirement. I need to really think about I can't just stop my job and all of a sudden no longer do this job. And what do I do the following day? And so I think it's very, very important to think about what do you want to do in retirement? Do you want to go out and garden in your backyard? Or as Peter said, do you want to travel? I'm suggesting that most people aren't going to spend a huge amount of their year traveling. Number one, you can't afford it. And number two, that would get pretty tiring pretty quickly as well. Mm -hmm. So you might want to take a few trips here and there, but you're not going to want to spend your whole time in retirement just traveling. Going back real quick just to the first step of, of creating this retirement plan uh, with the goals, I read a couple of uh, really interesting articles in Men's Journal recently. It was one of the best magazines I'd picked up in a while. And one of the things that they suggested doing is writing a letter to your future self about where you'd like to be, um, you know, writing some of your goals. And just by doing that letter to yourself, it really has a big impact in terms of your decision-making and what you're going to do to achieve that goal. Another thing that they suggested doing is using a, an app that can modify your face. You take a picture of yourself, and then you can age yourself 20 or 30 years. Oh, no. And every time you go to make a big financial decision, you look at that, and you say, well, this is my future self, and I want to make sure that I oh, have no. money. I wouldn't want to see that. I wouldn't <laughs> want to see that either. It, it's, it, it's interesting ideas. And then um, the other one it's is... creepy. Oh, I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting, some of the ideas that they had in this magazine. Well, I will tell you that I spent uh, a number of years going to the Strategic Coach Program in Toronto and learned a lot of very useful things. Oh, I know what the other one was that was yeah. really useful. So say you're 30 years old and you want to um, have $50,000 by the time you're 40 in savings uh, or you know, IRA retirement fund. Uh, they said to make it a little bit more reasonable and say I want to make between thirty and sixty thousand dollars into this IRA account so that way you're definitely going to get to that thirty but more than likely once you really start doing it you probably will reach that goal of fifty well I want to come back to strategic coaching in just a second but I do want to remind everybody that we have a really good very simple um, one piece of paper budget form on the first side is all your income sources and what you make and on the back side is your budget items if anybody wants a copy of that, there's no obligation. 
call our office at 508-998-8858. We'll mail you a copy. And, and my, no wife, my wife and I do that every single year. Even though we have already done our budget, things change. So we go and redo our budget every single year. And we're always surprised at, um, you know, again, how the little things add up. Yeah. And one better way to do it, actually, is spend 30 bucks, go to Office Max or Staples or maybe even Walmart and pick up a copy of uh, QuickBooks, um, Quicken or QuickBooks, and you can do a budget on QuickBooks. You can keep track of all of your expenses. That's a good first step. So let's move on from the budget. Um, the other thing I want to mention is one of the very first important things you should do to get ready for retirement and to be thinking about how much you're going to spend is pay off your credit card debt. So if you can possibly do it, pay off your credit card debt before you retire and have a plan to do that. Start with the highest interest charging card first because that's costing you the most money and make extra payments. Don't pay your minimums. We've said this before in the show, if you pay just your minimum payment on your credit cards, it takes a little over 17 years to pay off your credit card if you pay just the minimum payment. Yeah, and you know, a credit card, so many people use it to just buy whatever they want, and they use it daily, weekly. Uh, my mindset when it comes to credit cards is that they should really only be used for emergency purposes. You should have a credit card that has very minimal balance and should be kept in your wallet just for you know pure emergency situations. Yeah, I actually have a credit card where I get a notification on my phone every time I use it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like reminding me you know, how much I'm using the credit card. So mm-hmm. that's helpful. Well, pay off your credit cards before you retire, if at all possible, because ideally you don't want to go into retirement with credit card debt because that's an extra payment that you just don't really want to make. Your income is going to be less. I started talking briefly about Strategic Coach, which is a really interesting program I went to for about seven years in Toronto. I went every quarter. And one of the things they said, and this would be true all the way up until I suggest even age 75, always have a 25-year plan. Where do you want to be in 25 years? And then break it down. What do you want to do in five years, 10 years, 15, 20, and 25 years? What are your goals? This goes back to setting goals. So even at the age of 65, 25 years takes you out to age 90. If you have a plan like that in terms of where do you want to go, what skills do you want to have, do you want to take music lessons, do you want to visit museums, do you want to travel, do you want to do work for charity, have very specific goals, but have a 25-year plan for yourself. Um, One of the things I've thought about, uh, Mike and Pete, we're talking with attorney Michael Coleman, and we're talking with my partner and associate, uh, Peter Lance, in the financial business. Did you know you're my partner, Pete? (laughs) Yes. Good. (laughs) Give me a really funny look. (laughs) Well, I'm not sure I've called you that before. But, um, no, Peter's very much my partner in the financial services business. But um, we want to know where you want to go, and we want to help you get there. That's our goal in our office at all times. So let's talk about some real specifics. Um, Ideally, we want to be in a good place when we retire. And the question we're trying to answer today is, how much money do you think you're really going to spend in retirement? And a lot of people have arbitrarily over the years said, plan that you're going to spend on 70 to 80% of what you were spending before you retired. And I just read an article recently in the Wall Street Journal that said, 
don't listen to that old story any longer. You're probably going to spend about the same amount of money you've been spending before. For one thing, if you think about it, some people just don't have time to spend money. If you're busy, you're working, taking care of kids, taking care of your property, whatever you're doing, you don't have a lot of free time. So all of a sudden you're retired, you've got more free time. There's probably more opportunity to think about shopping and spending money. But you have to try to do just the opposite. There was uh, something I read recently, and I'm trying to remember where, but 40% of retirees have saved nothing for their retirement. And I think it was 35% of retirees are living off of Social Security income only. Mm -hmm. We see it a lot. And then sometimes we'll have to look for unusual ways to help them survive and get by in retirement. Um, possibly doing a reverse mortgage on their house if they have a lot of equity in their house or their house is paid off. And that's a way that people can support themselves sometimes in retirement. Mark Twain also said once, go to heaven for the climate, go to hell for the company. <laughs> Did you ever hear that one, Pete? I have not heard that one. I'm surprised. <laughs> Well, I like Mark Twain. He had a lot of interesting things. He was very controversial in his time. He was way ahead of his time in terms of the things that he said. Is that sort of like along the lines of the Billy Joel lyric, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yes, well, we won't talk about how much fun you're going to have in retirement. We're talking about how to survive retirement. So let's talk about the need to have uh, – we've talked about the need to have a budget – Let's talk about what the essential expenses are. You're going to have a housing cost. So maybe your house is paid off, and that can be a good thing because you no longer have a mortgage to pay. If you're renting, you're going to have rent expenses. Um, what's happened to the cost of rent in our community lately? Anybody I imagine know? it's gone up. Skyrocketing. Yeah. It's gone significantly. If you can even find anything, especially in Dartmouth. Uh, New Bedford, it's not unusual to spend $1,000, $1,200, $1,300 a month for a regular two- or three-bedroom apartment and a three-family house. The rents have uh, really skyrocketed in the area. So it's going to cost money for housing costs. It's not necessarily going to be a solution to go to Florida, which sometimes people say it's cheaper to rent down there. Housing costs are up across the whole country right now. And I imagine the other issue with housing would be uh, – you know, things arise with houses. You need a new roof. You need a new boiler. You know, you need to spend, you know, a significant amount of money on a house that maybe you didn't plan on spending when you retired. Mm -hmm. And I imagine the other issue may be that if there's a couple and one person passes away, the income goes down, uh, maybe that surviving spouse can no longer afford to pay the expenses of the house. Right. So. We dealt with that off with that uh, problem, that exact same situation, just a couple of days ago in the office where there's a couple who are living together. They don't plan to get married. They bought a house together, and they're providing in their respective estate plans that if something happens to one of them, they're leaving a bequest to the surviving spouse or the surviving person mm -hmm. for an amount equal to half the mortgage. Right. And the reason for doing that is so that the person who survives can continue to afford a lesser-cost mortgage and stay, right. in the, stay in that house. But housing costs is going to be number one. Health care costs are enormous right now. You've got to have a health insurance program. Um, if you're over 65, you're going to sign up for Medicare, obviously, and make sure that you do. You know, in a few weeks, we're going to be doing a, an entire program just on Medicare 
and what it covers and what it doesn't cover and the need to have supplement plans. But um, health insurance is enormous. The number one reason that people go bankrupt in this country is the cost of medical cost, medical expenses. So medical expenses and housing are very important. Food is probably the next highest cost. And then uh, transportation. So ideally, if you can go into retirement without having to make car payments, and ideally you can have a car that's a newer car without a lot of miles on it, it will last you a longer time in retirement. So these are important things. One of the things that I've always told folks as a tip is while you're still working, before you're retired, even if you've paid off your mortgage and you feel really good about that, go out and take out a home equity line of credit, uh, H-E-L-O-C, home equity line of credit, a HELOC loan. Why would you take out a HELOC loan before you retire? Uh, because when you retire, you may not qualify because your income is no no longer there or is exactly. only going to be your Social Security. But it's really important to have in place, just like I feel a credit card is important to have in place for emergency situations. So you retire, you now can no longer qualify for a HELOC, and all of a sudden your furnace breaks down, as Mike was just mentioning, or uh, you, you, you need to replace your roof. Well, if you had a HELOC in place before you retire, now you can tap into that and get those repairs done or get a new car if you need one. Right. So it's a really important thing. It's like having an emergency line of credit available. And as Peter said, once you're retired and your income is reduced, you may no longer qualify for the HELOC hmm. or you may not qualify for as large a one that you might need. So that's a good emergency measure to put in place. Um, how about a homestead? Mike. Homestead's a good thing to have. Uh, that's a document that gets recorded at the Registry of Deeds and provides protection in the event that you get sued in a car accident, you have a certain amount of protection based on your age. Mm-hmm. So it's certainly something everyone should do. And I was just thinking about the food issue, the okay. food in retirement. You must like to eat. <laughs> I do like to eat. <laughs> um, but maybe people will be tempted to go out more when they retire. Yes, that's you a good know, thing. They're not working, so maybe they want to go out to eat for lunch more or dinner. So that's something you have to take into account, too. If you're going out to restaurants more, you're going to be spending more on food. Well, that's why restaurants have the uh, blue plate specials. At senior specials. Senior specials. If you go there between 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock or before 6 o'clock, usually it's before 5 o'clock. That's why you see so many older people that are out eating before 5 o'clock. Okay. It's a busy time to be at a restaurant because mm-hmm. they have specials. And then they go to bed at 8 you're or right. 7. <laughs> Now, well, speaking of, um, you know, protecting your home with a homestead, which is a very inexpensive document, but protects you in case you were sued. I mean, say you have a child who's driving and goes out and gets into a crash and the other party sues them, uh, and thereby suing you, um, they cannot take your home no matter what. Another useful thing to have is an umbrella policy, which is a lot less money than people think. I have a $1 million umbrella policy, and it's peanuts. Uh, especially when you consider how much it's going to protect me in case anyone ever sued me. That's for liability insurance, yep. Yep. And then also, um, I I think most people know that I also operate Lance Family Insurance Agency for home and auto insurance, and you'd be surprised how much uh, liability insurance uh, that you can get for only an extra, like, $10. It's, It's really a lot less than people think, and it's worth it. How long do you suppose, gentlemen, it's been that people have been worried about retirement and spending money? You think this is a recent phenomenon? 
No, you're probably going to mention something about George Washington. No, even before that. <laughs> Aristotle, 2,000 years ago, said, Money is a guarantee that we may have what we want in the future. Though we need nothing at the moment, it ensures the possibility of satisfying a new desire when it arises. So this is Aristotle about 2,500 years ago oh, wrote that. Wow. So people have been thinking and talking about money and retirement for really a long time. We're going to come back in just a minute. We're going to talk about Warren Buffett's famous rule, which is rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. But most importantly, when we come back, we're going to give you some important tax advice uh, for retirement, for saving money. We're going to be talking about some legal documents a little bit, Mike, that you need Mm -hmm. when you get ready for retirement and really why it's important and why people shouldn't put it off. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back in just a moment and show you how you can have a much better retirement and answer that very important question of how much money are you really going to spend in retirement? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. We're so happy to be with you this Sunday morning and every Sunday morning. It's our job to show you how to protect your family and how to protect your money. And we really have a good time doing this, don't we? We're, we're here this morning with attorney Michael Coleman. Welcome good morning. Back, Michael. Hello. And with uh, Pete Lance, Peter Lance. Good morning again. Good, good morning, everyone. And welcome back. You know, we have a little motto in our office, and I like it. It's from Mark Twain also. This is my Mark Twain morning. Do the right thing. It will gratify some people and astonish the rest. And that's a a motto I like to live by. Don't you think that's an appropriate motto to live by? Absolutely. Did you ever hear Rand Paul? Yes. Okay, Rand Paul, um, congressman, um, important politician from the state of Louisiana, Stop spending money you don't have. That's one of his quotations. We're going to talk a little bit about the government and spending money and balancing the budget. Don't ever look at the government as an example of how to get by financially, ladies and gentlemen, because it just doesn't work. We have a, what, $22, $23 trillion deficit. I can't even comprehend those numbers except that $1 trillion is $1,000 billion dollars sounds like they need a budget (laughs) um well they have a budget the problem is it's about 12 inches tall and nobody ever reads it or follows it or follows it (laughs) but we're not here to talk about politics we're here to tell you that we've got a lot of good information to share with you lots of good articles one of the things that we do when we get ready to do a show on the radio is we do a lot of research and a lot of preparation So I have an article from the Wall Street Journal, for example. It's uh, dated April of this year. Where retirees underestimate spending. And it has to do with big ticket items. We've talked a little bit about that. People forget that they may have to replace the windows in their house or they may have to put a new roof on. Or what if you have to help a family member? What if you have somebody in the family that has an emergency? You have to be really careful to take money, not to take money necessarily out of your own retirement account, because if you do that, then it's going to impact your own retirement. I had a client whose daughter actually got into some health issues, um, and he had to help her out. She actually lost her job. Uh, she had to move in with him, mm-hmm. and he had to spend a lot of money to help her out, and that was obviously an unexpected expense. 
Sure. You know, um, Attorney Michael Coleman and you and Attorney Tenny Lance um, on the legal side and Pete and I on the financial side, we see a lot of successful families and a lot of successful stories, but we sure see a lot of situations where somebody has a problem. Well, to that point, what's really interesting is that the people who come into our office who are terrified that they're not going to be able to retire or have enough money to retire are almost always the ones who have planned and have done something and we show them that they are just fine and that they're going to be okay in retirement Mm -hmm. and the other ones who come in who are on the other side of the spectrum who are you know sort of lackadaisical about their retirement and think that everything's just fine and we realize that they have forty thousand dollars in credit card debt and you know that they're in trouble so it's it's really interesting to see the the difference um go going back just like two minutes when you said don't buy things that you can't afford um there's a for any of you who are tech savvy or at least have a computer and maybe go on youtube or something uh Search for this SNL video. It's really hysterical. SNL is Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live, yeah. Um, It's uh, with Steve Martin, who's one of my favorite actors of all time. It says, don't buy stuff you can't afford, and it's just a really funny skit. So check that out if you're able to get onto YouTube. Um, I I had that quotation. I've used that before. He says, you know, I I only buy useful stuff like... You know, hot dog holders, and yeah. he went on and on and on about all these really funny. <laughs> it's really things. funny. Well, the other thing with that is, social media has played a large part in terms of people and overspending and buying things that they can't afford because everybody's, you know, bragging about their new remodeled kitchen or their trip to uh, a Disney cruise down into the Caribbean or something, and everybody else is saying, "Gosh, I want to do that too." So they, you know, they go and put it on a credit card, and they can't really afford it, but mm. it's it's a fear of missing out, and so they want to do it. Themselves. Well, we're bombarded um, every single waking minute with something on our phone, television, radio. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, and we're, we grow up with advertising. We expect advertising. It tells us to go buy a new car and things of that nature. I have a car that's uh, paid for right now. And um, in the past, I've just gone out and bought another one, used their 60-month you know, free zero interest financing and get a new one. And I love my car and I don't have any plans to trade it. And I'm in the exact same situation. My Jeep was paid off about three or four months ago. It's the first vehicle I've ever received the title um, for and I have no plans to go out and purchase anything new. Well, Benjamin Franklin once said, beware of little expenses. A small leak will sink a great ship. My car's paid off too, and I it has over two hundred thousand miles on it. And I now, don't this is really <laughs> unusual. I mean, get, mine's got eighty-five thousand. How many okay. miles on your car, Pete? Not many. Um, probably seventy. So we have three people here who are in the business of helping people and giving legal advice and financial advice, and all three of us have vehicles that are paid off. Mm. That's really unique, yeah. I would say. We're well, all mature. Uh, <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no, but in the past, every two or three years, I would trade in a vehicle and get a new one because I got bored with it or tired of it. And, you know, I just really wanted to be a little bit more frugal and pay this one off and not get anything else. But I think in the, uh, in the uh, spirit of truth and lending and, and not having false advertising, we have to say that some of us are mature. <laughs> okay. This is true. I, I, I didn't say which ones. Okay. <laughs> I do miss the new car smell, though, once in a while. 
Well, you get a spray can. They, they sell it in a can. So yeah, if you want to sell your car, you can spray it and put a new car smell. So go get yourself a can of new car spray. I just visit a car dealership a couple times a year. Yeah, that's what you should do. Well, Paula Nelson once said, a credit card is a money tool, not a supplement to money. The failure to make this distinction has supplemented many a poor soul right into bankruptcy. So you have to be careful what you spend. So at the top of the show, you mentioned uh, something about the financial navigator. Uh, that's something that anyone who becomes a client of ours will receive. It's a full financial plan. Can you go into a little bit more detail about that? It, yes, and it starts out, as we talked about at the beginning, we want to see a budget, number one. Next, we do an asset spreadsheet. We want to lay things out. Um, the third thing we want to look at is to see what's your rate of return? What are you making on various investments? If you have a lot of money in the bank, it might make you feel comfortable, but typically you're going to be getting paid, uh, you're going to be earning 1% or less. And we can show you the real rate of return, whether it's a CD and you have to pay taxes on it every year, or uh, your real rate of return based on inflation. Um, so we show you all of that with this uh, uh, financial navigator as well. Right, but we want to show it in black and white because most people have never seen their assets laid out in a spreadsheet form. And when you see that for the first time, a lot of people are surprised. They say, I didn't realize I was worth that much. And, and then we pull apart financial statements and we say, how much are you really earning? And I've seen people just recently that had you know, reasonable amounts of money in, in various accounts, investment accounts, brokerage accounts. And their quarterly statement says, well, you made 10% this past quarter, and they think that's really good. Then I say, look at this column that shows unrealized gains and unrealized losses. And in one case recently, it said you have an unrealized loss of $11,000. So people don't go to the second page. They'll look at the first page, and they'll say, gee, I made some money this, this period. But when you look at the unrealized losses, They've never made a dime on this account. Yeah, or in some situations, they, they just see that they've made a gain from uh, the last quarterly statement to this quarterly statement. But when we actually do the um, interest earned, a lot of people are shocked to find out that the interest earned is less than 1% or only 2%. Um, so they're only looking at, you know, oh, good, my account went up. That's great. Not really realizing that they're earning very little. And probably in most situations, less than the... Um, uh, rate of inflation. But this financial navigator, it's completely unique to each person who comes into the office and we create it, again, very um, t much to your needs and your specific goals. Uh, we add an implement, uh, an, we implement uh, charity and whether you want to give anything to charity. Um, something else in this Men's Journal article um, that I've read uh, said that people who uh, donate just a small amount to charity every year and people who donate five hours of their time a month doing any type of charitable work, um, I'm talking, you know, in an animal shelter, at a food bank, anything, mm -hmm. just five hours a month live longer than people who don't. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. It's about who you are and what you give back in society in the end. It really is. And that's really what matters in the end. But we have to get there financially. And our mission, our job, is to show you how to do that. We're going to show you what you're really spending right now, um, and we're going to show you what you're really going to need in retirement. I want to jump ahead for just a minute because I don't want to lose time and not talk about this a little bit. There's a couple of really basic things you have to do when you're thinking about getting closer to retirement. 
mean, frankly, you should do it earlier because the earlier you start, the more money you're going to make. And um, that's having legal documents in place and having a financial plan. You know, I talked earlier about having a 25-year plan. It doesn't really matter what age you're at. When you get out of school, whether it's high school or college, whatever you're doing, you should immediately set out a 25-year plan for yourself, and you should revisit it every five years. But you should have legal documents in place too, mm. right, Michael? Absolutely. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I meet with you know clients every now and then whose parents or siblings didn't have any documents in place, and now they're in the position where they have to try and figure things out. I have a client whose brother passed away. He didn't have any uh, estate planning documents, but he had two minor children. We had to do a conservatorship for the girls. Uh, we have to do a probate so that the house can be sold. Uh, he hadn't named beneficiaries on life insurance, so that's a, an issue. So um, if you don't plan, then someone else is going to have to clean up the mess, basically, is what happens. And you never can predict when it's going to happen. We have all seen, all three of us have seen, and everybody listening has seen situations when people have died unexpectedly, early, young, leaving kids, leaving young children. Um, life is hazard. We just don't know when things are going to happen. This is really funny, and I'm sorry to go back once again, but one of the articles that you cut out and put into this uh, planning uh, folder for today's show, Wall Street Journal article from April of this year, research finds volunteering can be good for your health, and it says that uh, 2,000, th- almost 3,000 volunteers um, were studied, and they and 75% of those said that they feel healthier just doing a little bit of volunteering. Sure. And a much larger study by the University of Michigan, um, 64,000 people were studied over a 12-year period, and um, it found that volunteering slowed the cognitive decline of aging. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, it's like exercise. So anything that makes you feel better um, exercising can be a pain in the butt when you're doing it. You say, oh, I'm too tired, I don't want to do it. But you always feel better after you exercise, don't mm-hmm. you? Sure. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kind of exercise you do. Same thing is true when you volunteer, when you give back, when you help. Um, you know, I've done things that have been gratifying to me, helping raise money and church capital campaign, things of that nature. I imagine um, sometimes when people uh, retire, you know, they no longer have that social interaction that they had when they were working. That's a good point, so, too. So, you know, yep. they stay home. They don't see people. So volunteering may be one of those ways where they can interact. With Definitely. And I see a lot of people who retire, but then they go back to be working part-time at a yeah. McDonald's or at a Walmart as a Walmart greeter or something just to be hanging out and, and being social. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can do that. And as you said, you can also volunteer and help out. There's a lot of people that need help. But there's things that we can't predict, and all three of us have seen so much of this. Um, Attorney Michael Coleman was just talking about it. Peter and I have seen it. We've seen situations when unexpectedly people have to help a family member, and we're going to do that, aren't we? If you have a family member who needs help, we're going to reach out and help. So I'm going to make one suggestion. If you're ever in that situation, give us a call, come in, make an appointment, and let us show you maybe the best way that that could be accomplished. Yeah, I'm not going to go into specifics, but we had a very unique situation uh, about a month ago uh, with a woman who lost her sister and is looking to take care of her nieces. Yep. And um, we came up with some creative and interesting ways to to do just that. It's like uh, 
It's like the ad for farmer's insurance, which doesn't get sold in the state, by the way. Um, we insure it all because we've seen it all. Hmm. Much. Well, we have. <laughs> uh, we have many years' experience. A gentleman named Frederick Donner, not from the Donner Pass <laughs> situation, said, when you come right down to it, almost any problem eventually becomes a financial problem. Hmm. And that's really very true. Any Benjamin Franklin quotes today? Uh, gee, um, I've got one from uh, Cicero, oh. uh, Warren Buffett. I got another Mark Twain one. It's always I'll have to look <laughs> next week. It's always Twain or Franklin, right? But he's challenged me now, so I have to look and see. <laughs> How about Margaret Mead? Do you know who Margaret Mead was? Famous sociologist. She's in... She studied apes and yep. okay, Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Sooner or later, I'm going to die, but I'm not going to retire. Hmm. That's sort of my philosophy. I don't ever plan to retire. So, Pete, keep the wheelbarrow in the office. Someday you can wheel me out in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> okay. I have a quote from my favorite band, Pearl Jam. Go ahead. It's one of the, my, my favorite lyrics from them. I know that I was born, and I know that I'll die. The in-between is mine. Well, you're right. I am mine. So let's have a proper retirement plan. Mike, I want to come back very quickly, Attorney Michael Coleman. Uh, and by the way, you can reach Michael at 508-998-8800 and make an appointment to see him. Let's talk about some of the basic documents just really quickly that people mm -hmm. ought to have, not only now, but certainly when they go into retirement. Right. Well, definitely, depending on the financial situation, and for the most part, we would advise you know, setting up a, a revocable living trust. Um, this is a document that can hold title to bank accounts, to real estate, and can pass assets on to beneficiaries in a lot of different ways. So if there's a special needs situation or if there's someone in the family that you don't trust with money, you can have assets held in trust only to be distributed out to them over certain periods of time. Mm -hmm. um, durable powers of attorney. If someone's in the hospital or can't make decisions for themselves, the agent named in that document can do that for them. And you've seen this before when somebody didn't do a durable power of attorney and then another family member has to be appointed a conservator in court absolutely to handle their financial affairs absolutely or a guardian if you don't have a health care proxy in place and again you can't speak to your own doctors then there may be a guardianship and those are court processes that cost money and take time so it's a lot less expensive to prepare documents than it is to have to go into court later because you didn't prepare documents absolutely what i was the situation i was talking about before if the person who passed away had had a trust and funded the trust with his assets. We could have avoided the conservatorship. We could have avoided the probate. It could have all been taken care of uh, inexpensively and quickly. And that could have, you know, his. I'm dealing with his brother now, and his brother's annoyed that it's taking so long. And all I can say is, well, I wish he had set up some kind of estate plan because we could have avoided all the all of this. The mm. biggest example I can give of that that's going on right now is Prince, the singer. He passed away, what, two years ago now? Mm -hmm. And there is such a battle for his estate. And not only that, but his sister doesn't care at all about his wishes that he told her. Um, and if he had put it in writing and had an estate plan, things would be drastically different. There are people coming out of the woodwork trying to claim uh, part of his estate. They're having to do blood tests to find out if they're even related to him. 
Um, there's a new Capital One commercial that's uh, Let's Go Crazy, and it's a Prince song, and then at the end it says, open up a new Capital One car. <laughs> it's like, you know, that is the last thing that he would want to have happen. He was a highly um, guarded individual, both with his himself and especially with his music, and would never want a commercial um, done with his music. So well, get Aretha an estate Frank- plan. Aretha Franklin, yeah, I was just Michael Jackson. Yeah. How many people came forward and said that Michael Jackson was their father? Yeah. I'm not sure he was capable of... So it's a nightmare. If you have, um, you know, an estate that should be protected, get an estate plan done. You will save your, uh, well, first of all, you'll have your wishes spelled out exactly as you wish, um, but also your beneficiaries that you want to have the money go to will be far better off. My Ben Franklin quotation. All right. A penny saved is a penny earned. There you go. (laughs) I remembered one. I'm going to give you a Mark Twain quotation. Age is an issue of mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I'd like to give a tax tip before we run totally out of time today because I like to do that. Review your retirement plan beneficiaries. A lot of people die and they haven't got their beneficiaries up to date. If you haven't done so recently, we'll help you do that. We'll review your plans and your IRAs for you. But you can avoid unintended consequences by making sure you have update beneficiary designations. And this applies to your 401k, your 403b, your IRA, your life insurance, any of these things. And if you don't have a will or trust, um, you really need to do it sooner than later. We've just seen so many people that have never done it, and they should. I met with someone recently who um, bought a life insurance policy many years ago when he was married. And since then, he's been divorced. And I said, well, do you know who the beneficiaries on your policy are? And he sort of sat there for a second and didn't say anything and... He's going to check on it. <laughs> she would be called a laughing heir. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's the phrase we give to these people. They inherit something they never expected to get. Lucky me. There's a famous case in New Jersey went all the way to the Supreme Court where a guy had an IRA account. By the time he died, uh, it was worth $1.6 million. Went, went to his sister, right? When he, when he first took it out, he named his sister as a beneficiary. Then he got married, never changed it. Um, when he died with his $1.6 million IRA, his wife filed a lawsuit. She said he really meant to leave it to me. And the New Jersey Supreme Court said, sorry. Too bad. His name beneficiary was a sister, and she didn't give up the money. Mm. So you need to do it. Well, um, And we, it's not difficult to change beneficiaries on policies. All you have to do, most times you can get documents online for these companies where you can just fill out a new beneficiary form, send it into the company, and keep a copy for yourself. And yep. that's it. It's very easy to recreate it if you're not sure, you don't remember. Just do a new one. It's very easy. It's a one-page we'll, form. We'll help you do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give us a call at 508-998-8858 if we can help you. We can talk to you about any of these things that we've talked about. Um, we have a lot of expertise in the area of uh, doing a Social Security analysis, evaluating your pension, um, making sure that your assets are positioned where they ought to be. And we always tell people to get more conservative as you get closer and or actually in retirement. You don't want to risk losing money at later uh, stages in your life because you may not have enough years to recover it. The but, way the market is these days, I mean, you don't want to have a lot of money in the stock market. I've met with people who who do and are confident that it's going to stay the way it is. But well, I, I saw people this week, two, two different sets of people, who said, in 2008, I lost 50% of my account. Yeah. 
If, if you're retired or close to retirement age and most or all of your assets, your IRAs, um, are in the stock market, it's really, really not a good idea. Uh, we met with someone two weeks ago who had uh, almost a million dollars, and this person, I think, was already late 70s, and that entire million dollars was in one stock. I'm not going to name the stock, but it was all in one stock, one company. That's just absolutely crazy. Do you like George Foreman? Eh, I mean, <laughs> not really one way or the other about him. Well, he's had sure. some great quotations. <laughs> the question isn't at what age I want to retire, it's at what income. Hmm. So if you would like some good, solid recommendations and good, solid expertise to help put together your estate plan, Get in touch with attorney Michael Coleman at 508-998-8800. And if you'd like advice on how best to maximize your Social Security, there's 20,000 pages of regulations. We can show you how to maximize Social Security benefits, how to create more assets than what you think you have, how to create a larger estate for your family, how to leave everything. And we, most importantly, we want to help you organize it. We get a lot of good forms. A lot of things are just totally free. We're happy to provide them. And By the uh, way, our consultations are free. So if you want to come into the office and okay. just go over things, uh, sit down for an hour or two hours, it's a free consultation. If you want to learn more about Lance Law, you can go on to lancelawinc.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to call us, it's 508-998-8800. We have so many things we'd like to share with you. There's just never enough time in the day to do it, is there, Pete? No, there isn't. But, you know, I make lists as you do, and I just try to get as many things checked off my list daily as I can. And, Michael, I want to thank you for being here. It's yeah, always thank you. important words of wisdom on the legal side. Um, most importantly, make a plan. Don't forget Warren Buffett's very important rule. Rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. So we enjoy being with you, and we enjoy helping. And uh, thank you for being with us this morning, and we'll see you again on the radio next week.